Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Who Will Be King, where we delve deep into all things NFC North. Pay from the renowned Da Bear Claw podcast is hosting in this episode. Joining him are the dynamic duo from Detroit, June and Foster, from their very own Bleachers to Speakers podcast. And then the insightful, hopefully as always, me, Dave Stefano, from Vikings First and Skull. We're bringing our unique perspective and lively discussion to the table, covering everything from the Super Bowl, scrutinizing the overtime rules, to game strategies and our good and failed predictions. In this episode, we are also unpacking the latest happenings in the NFC North football world. From sober reflections on unfortunate off-field events down in Kansas City to what each NFC North team is talking about. Draft and free agency top those lists and are on the minds of fans and including all the rumors that are swirling around both. We promised an engaging blend of serious discussions, light-hearted banter, and insightful analysis. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the world of NFC North football on Who Will Be King. Let the battles begin. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! Guys. <laughs> I love that opening. Yeah, he's, uh, it's not the best thing Bill O'Reilly's ever done. Right. Me to know. Yeah, that's, you've got that one down, Pat Blair. Fellas, how's it going, man? Day after, thank, day after Valentine's Day, sorry. How you all feeling? Thanksgiving. <laughs> I wish it would be more football. I wish it would be more football to watch. You know, I'm okay though. Okay, all right. Dave from Vikings person skull man, how you feel? Oh, I feel great. Valentine's for me is a big nothing because I'm <laughs> happily single, <laughs> and I love it after being married way too long. Um. <laughs> nah, it's a, <laughs> it's one of them holidays, but I know everything's going great. I love to hear it, man. Um, so in case you all didn't know, I got to start the show right here, man. America's come America's favorite pastime just occurred again. Uh, mm. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the football either. 
No, uh, Tyler, or Taylor Swift watching. That's that's another one of their favorite to- uh, um, pastimes in America. But I am talking about senseless violence that happened during the Kansas City parade. You know, two pastimes meet button head to head. Um, for everyone out there that's affected or feeling any feeling any strife or disbelief or maybe even any trauma from it. Uh, hearts out to you. Um, at some point, I would love to see an end come to these type of things because words and platitudes don't don't bring anybody back, you know. Uh, so I just needed to get that off my chest, there, gentlemen. Um, you all got anything to say? Um, stop, stop the violence. I not much. I just want to say it's 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 insane that on such an a, an occasion that this could happen, and I just I just think it's it's senseless. It's very senseless. Uh, children were injured, and a person lost their lives, and for what? This is supposed to be a time of celebration. And you shouldn't have tragedy at a time of celebration. You just shouldn't. So. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't, man. It's uh, at some point we want to move past this. At some point, you we want to believe that they're telling it, that they actually care about you know keeping um those of us around, keeping us around, basically. Um, children. And elderly and everyone else included. So they care about your that's fellow it. human. They being. were celebrating. Yes, they were celebrating a football game. The Kansas City Chiefs, the Taylor Swifts, the Kelseys, the team in <laughs> the other team in red, the good one. Uh, they they did it again. Three Super Bowl wins in four tries. Uh, gentlemen, what? how did you all feel about that game? I got it wrong. I said the Niners are going to win. <laughs> uh, I wanted to believe it more than I figured figured it would happen. There, Patrick Mahomes, is, he's a bad man. He's, a, he's, he's Thanos. He's, an, he's inevitable, it looks like. Looks like could be. The GOAT. Now, granted, he doesn't have as many wins as Tom Brady yet, but he's done a lot in his short, what is he, 28 years old time period that, uh, you know, we're going to be discussing it like LeBron versus Jordan versus Russell, um, Tiger versus Nicholas. It's going to come down to Mahomes, Brady, Montana type of debates. Here in ten or twenty years. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna uh it's definitely gonna move out that way. So you can already see it, you can already see it. <laughs> you can already see it coming false. That uh he's got <laughs> he's got the talent. He doesn't have to win another Super Bowl and the rest of it is all over however long his career goes, he doesn't have to win another one because he's got three. That's rarefied air already, right? Mm-hmm. So all you have to do now is just climb the rec- climb the record books and 
and that's the that's the final frontier for him and him and Tom Brady. He's eclipsed, in my opinion. He's eclipsed Dan Marino. He's eclipsed Joe Montana. He's eclipsed Peyton Manning. It's just two guys in the conversation. Uh, Peyton Peyton Manning. He it took him a long time to win a Super Bowl, right? Like, didn't it? You didn't win one until he was in his thirties. And he's and he's twenty eight with three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four trips. Yeah, yeah. And that's did he win one with the Colts, not or did he have to go to Denver? Yeah, no. Peyton won no, one with the Colts. One, one with Denver. Yes, Denver. Two. Yeah. Yeah. But you say John Elway didn't win until he was up there in eighty. He was old. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he and played. Marino never won. Right? Yeah. So. No. No. Nope. So. Joe Montana, I feel like he was kind of overly celebrated. Like, okay, explain. He was before this is before my time, but I feel like I feel like the numbers weren't there. Really, were were they? He has forty. He has forty thousand passing yards, three Super Bowl wins. Maybe I'm thinking of Aiden, and I'm a you know I'm a halfway. (laughs) That's the, I don't know how you confuse those two, but maybe you are. Because Aikman has Aikman. I mean, when you think about the team he played for, they, he was highly celebrated. But when I when when somebody like pressed me on the actual numbers, I was like, oh, dang, like you gotta you, you gotta think it like this too, Foster. Joe Montana did what he did when the league was a predominantly run league. Uh-huh. This is a pass with, with Jerry Rice. With Jerry Rice, I mean, it doesn't matter who. I mean, you can't fault him for having a good receiver on your team. Who so was, his, who has was to, his running back? Roger Craig. He uh, had a plethora uh, of Hurst. Hurst, no, Hurst was Steve more Steve Young. Oh, it, was more, it, was more so, it was more so Roger Craig than anything. Yeah, but yeah, he should uh, be in a hall. But the, but the thing is, is Garrison like, Hurst, you think should be in the hall? No, Craig. Oh, Roger Craig. Yeah, that, yeah. Craig is a guy. That I feel like Craig. Is... I think he had a thousand yards receiving and a thousand yards passing. I mean, uh, rushing in the same season. I believe so. That's crazy. Yeah, the, 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 the first dual threats weren't the, around back then. No, he was <laughs> the first. He 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 created the mold that C, CMC is that's living in right now. CMC is the I, second guy ever to. Uh, I never have a saw Craig play. I, I can't. I can't say that I ever paid attention in that. But Garrison Hurst was like the beginning for sure. Yeah. So another thing. Yeah. Another thing, guys. Um, so San Francisco 49ers did it again. They they went. They had a uh, Super Bowl lead once again over Pat Mahomes and blew it. Another double-digit lead over the soon-to-be GOAT and blew it. Um, this is the third consecutive Super Bowl that offense that uh, Kyle Shanahan was calling and had a had a lead in the second half, double digits, and could not bring it home, could not bring home the bacon. Um, I got a stat for you guys. This is a little-known stat. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you knew it because you guys are football geniuses. But the Dallas Cowboys have won a Super Bowl more recently than the San Francisco 49ers. Really? 
That makes sounds, sense, but sounds, that's still it sounds crazy, but it's true. Shocking. Well, Steve Young is the Steve last Young. his last one, and that was a long time ago. So yeah, yeah that, that was before Aikman. Yeah, that's believable. Well, trust me, it's we live in here in Austin. I hear about the Cowboys not being able to win it in forever. Right, right. That just lets you know they are America's team because everybody's paying attention to what they got going on. Um, speaking of Kyle Shanahan, uh, I'm gonna just ask you all straight up. Do you all think he knew the overtime rules? I don't think so. I was kind of confused about the the timing. Uh, I knew about the possession. If you score, only way you can end it on the first possession is a touchdown. That's a given. Uh, I know each person. No, not no, 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 no. Not in the Super Bowl. That's Mm -hmm. different. See, I don't know the rules. Oh um, yeah, I don't. They changed it part of in 2022. After what? What are the rules then? That each team will get a possession. After the two possessions, if it is tied, then it goes to sudden death. That's correct. At okay. the end of the first overtime period, there will be a break, and they will go into a second overtime period, and rinse and repeat as necessary. I could, have swore, I could have swore the ref said the game is over. I mean, each person, each team will get a chance to possess the ball unless the first team scores a touchdown. I could have sworn he said that. Nope. No, defensively, if you. Yes. If you if if you score on defense, it's a wrap. You're cooked if, if they that that's what it was, because you almost I was like, no, nah, you're right. But yeah, if you, if you get a pick six first, you got your opportunity. That means both teams possess the ball that would that would satisfy mm-hmm. that. Gotcha. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. You had because you had it first, and you so yeah. Yeah. That's and it's tri- That's tricky though. That's tricky. because yeah. he's got to say it right. Otherwise, it's all messed up. Now Shanahan was thinking, from what I gather, I heard his explanation, and he was. And he was wanting, I think, to give his defense a rest. That's why he took the ball first. And then hoping to score, and then that the defense would hold the Chiefs, and even if they did score, hold them on, because he probably figured they would either go for an extra point and tie it, which would give him the advantage, because now they're in sudden death and they have the ball, or he'd hold hold the defense would hold him on a two-point conversion try. That's how I gathered that he interpreted that versus what Kansas City did. They interpreted it as you know, when they when San Francisco says we'll take the ball, they were shocked. It's like, okay, cool. Because if you get the ball second, you now know now know what you have to do. Yeah. To tie or win. Yeah. And so everything comes down to it's a four down drive or four downs available each for each first down because you know you have to score. Then you know what you have to do, how to score, and what to do after that to win. Whether it be go, if you, if, if say San Francisco had scored. A field goal on that first drive, Kansas City could have gone down and at minimum scored a field goal, 
then it would have gone into sudden death. But, or since they scored, if they score, if San Francisco would have scored, and they did score a field goal, if they would have scored a touchdown, then Kansas City knows we've got to score a touchdown and everything's open on each of the, they got four downs to make that first down as they march down the field. And then at the end, they had already, Kansas City supposedly reportedly had already talked about it. They were going to go for two if that was the case. Oh, wow. Yeah. I haven't heard, I haven't heard Shanahan say he wanted to give his defense a rest. I was, I was, the excuse I was giving him this, this whole week was that he wanted his defense had just been on the field for a while. He may have wanted to give him a rest. However, that may have been it. However, yeah, you can't hurt from me. <laughs> however, um, what he had, what I have heard him say is that he wanted to have the the first crack at winning the game, uh, the third possession. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, like, nah, you can't say that. And say that you you knew the rules because there's no way there's no way that you assume that there's going to be a third possession, right? If you take yeah, the ball first, right, and you say, okay, look, okay, I'm gonna take the ball first, and I'm going to score three or seven, and you know put the put the pressure on them to, to match. Uh, it's Pat Mahomes over there, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you want to, if you're going to put the pressure on him, you got to put the pressure on him. You got to go in there and get that touchdown. Go for it on fourth, sure. and then you got to go get that get that eight for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, kicking a right field goal know, killed all that. Yeah. yeah. This right here lets me know that uh, Shanahan would never win a, tie, uh, a Super Bowl. <laughs> now, oh, not the, on the NFC side. He's not. Nah, we'll he, be he threw Steve Wilkes under the bus because he don't know the rules. And Shanahan keeps blowing ten point leads. Nah, he'll never win it. His dad, his dad got the only rings in that family. Look here, man. I'm, it might sound insensitive, but score a touchdown, keep the other team out of out of the end zone. You don't need to know a rule. Play ball. <laughs> well, Play ball. Yeah. Well, <laughs> ideally, ideally, <laughs> he fired the defensive coordinator. Yeah, he got, saw that. Yeah, came. But you know what? You see how many times, just total, how many times they kept him out of the end zone? They held him to a field goal? I mean, the dude kicked a 57-yarder field goal. Was it 57, 55? 55. Record, yeah. Like, I mean, you kept him out of the end zone. Like, for uh, that's my homes over there. Like... You you can't fault the defense for what happened that day. Reactionary, you know how that go. Yeah, it's yep. uh, up until then the defense have been lights out for Frisco all year long. And I guess on the biggest stage you lose, but that wasn't all on the defense. Well, defense Jordan won. Love and, and and how the Lions had them the first in the playoffs, they look kind of shaky. They got a couple. They got a couple breaks on on goofy fumbles and drops, but uh, the playoffs they didn't they didn't look all that great. I mean, they didn't hey. look, they didn't look fire your defensive coordinator 
bad. Well, th- like I said, reactionary, given the situation, sometimes it's a scapegoat. We know that because our DB coach. If that's fired. the case, Aaron Glenn would have been gone game seven. Well, that, no, but, but the D, last year, the DB coach did get fired, and then we kind of got our act together. But it, that was a – that DB, was a. The DB coach should have got a beat down before he got fired last year. He should have got hands put on him. That was <laughs> – it's pretty terrible. Well we, well, we don't know how his exit out the door was. We, <laughs> they, they we know they, the door hit him with a good Lord split him. We yeah. know that much. Probably should have jumped him on the way out. You know. <laughs> well, well, in Vikings land, we uh, we call it the Kirk Cousins curse. And what is that? Any team that Kirk Cousins has beat that season and made the Super Bowl, every team that Kirk Cousins has beat that season and made the Super Bowl, and we defeated San Francisco this year. Lost the Super Bowl. And he's done it a good, like, a half dozen, eight times. That's crazy. Mm. And we joke about it and call it the Kirk Cousins curse. But it's just coincidence, but it's happened a lot of times. Hey. (laughs) What the Eagles? So you say the Eagles? Feel about that, uh, the, how'd you all feel about that halftime show? I thought it was great. <laughs> I, it's not the it's not the greatest ever halftime show. That was Prince in the Rain. Yeah, sorry, of course, of course. that's it. Number one, hands down. Hands down. <laughs> that's agreed. Wait, wait, uh, that was in the rain. Oh yeah, it was pouring. And when was this? Oh shit! Oh man! Sorry, it was Sorry. in Miami seven eight years ago. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, I was thinking it's more like ten plus years ago. It was in Miami and Hard Rock Stadium, and okay. and it was just raining, and it started pouring, and he started mm-hmm. doing Purple Rain, uh... and and the producer <laughs> asked him in the headset, "Is there anything more you could do?" And he goes, "Have it rain harder." And it just, God was listening and it just dumped. As he's doing purple rain in the rain, you know, all the, everybody's worried about the electronics shorting and uh, electrifying everybody on stage. It was just, it was perfect. Uh, That's chilling. That's chilling. I ain't gonna lie. That's chilling. No, but (laughs) who was actually playing that day? Do you remember? When uh, Prince played with Prince? Well, the headliner was Prince. I don't remember. No, 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 no. Like my, like no. the, the team. No, no, no. no. The team. So I the don't team? remember. Let's okay. see. Let me look up Prince. That'll Super give me only, a know how long ago that I was. only remember the last Miami Super Bowl, and that was the last time these two played, and, you know, in the same way. Um, yeah, I agree. Prince Prince is the standard, but this Usher show was it was pretty good. You know, in 10 it, years it from now, we'll probably be. 2007. Ah, okay. Oh, wow. okay. So that was um, that was the Pats. Pats were in that Super Bowl. Pats and uh, <laughs> that's not hard to guess. Man. <laughs> um, Super Bowl forty one. It Pats was. And Giants? But the Giants won, though, right? Yeah, because yeah, Pats couldn't beat the Giants for nothing. Uh-oh. That was was that the undefeated season where they lost? Yes. In Miami, and Miami has the. I thought that was season. like 2010. That was the thing. 
You know, you're right. You're right, Joan. It was no. later. That was 2010. 2010. No. Oh, come on, Pay. You should know this one. Oh, the Bears and something? It was the Bears no. and the Colts. Oh, I'm thinking I'm thinking 07 the season, not the 07 the date. Uh-uh, 07 the date. Okay, yeah, yeah, that is the Bears. Bears and Colts. And I the Bears went choked on. it. Uh, we don't got to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> too soon, too soon. Hey, hey, it's too soon. <laughs> we got to talk about that. Hall of Famer Devin Hester uh, with a t- with a Super Bowl touchdown. We'll take that. Though. Devin Hester rocks. Yeah, that Miami. dude was a terror Miami from Minnesota. Goat. He's mm-hmm. a goat. Nope. Twenty nine seventeen. Tony Dungy over Lovey Smith. Oh. Okay. So. Yeah, Usher, yeah. I feel like in ten years, this this Usher performance be thought of like it's one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. One of the best ever. I don't know what number to be. I don't. I, you know, it's too soon to give it a number, but I feel like the the longer it sits with us, it simmers and you know it manifests. Well, festers rather. We was like, you know what? You know what? That's probably the best I've seen in a long time. Usher, I mean, he put on the show. He he put out. He's got a great catalog. He put out every banger in 15 minutes. He was dancing on skates. He brought out all his friends. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. Now, he, even, he put hands on Alicia Keys. Um, that if I was her husband, I'd be a little bit perturbed. But who's, who's a high profile artist? That's the that, that's what mm. makes it you know important. But yeah, he, he definitely gave you the highlights of like, oh, remember this, remember that. Like, there's some definitely mm-hmm. some parts that. You can recall. You can recall later on. He gave you the moments. Oh, he, had um, a, he has a great catalog. That's oh, yeah. just he for R and B. Usher is fantastic. Now I like Rihanna too, but oh, um, yeah. we all <laughs> didn't Eminem and uh, Fifty Cent. Didn't they do one recently? In last year was, was that just last year? Okay, yeah. yeah. Hanging up. Fifty was hanging upside down. Like that. yeah. They usually don't disappoint. But the best uh, ever was Prince. For sure. My uh one of my one of my favorite there. musicians, he he was at the 2020 one, the last one in, in Miami. And um he got his was kind of disappointing. But you know, it was COVID. Uh, I'd give him a mulligan. All right. So let's uh let's go ahead and take a break before we can start talking about some offseason football, guys. How you how you feel about that? Sure. Let's do it. If you're listening on audio, check out some of our advertisers, show them some love. If, you, if you're checking in with us live on Instagram, X, YouTube, or Facebook, give us 10 seconds. We'll be right back. So the rest of the NFL has finally caught up to where we are, the offseason. Let's mm-hmm. hope that our head start can, can bring us to closer to the Lombardi for next season than it is for San Francisco and Kansas City. Dave, I'm going to start with you. What's happening down there in uh, Viking land? Vikings land is one, all everybody's talking draft, 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 but I'm sure that's the case across the league, and I know it is across all four of the NFC North teams. But the big discussion is within the last 24 to 48 hours, on, uh, or actually a little bit longer ago than that because it was on Super Bowl Row, Mike Florio interviewed Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was making the rounds. 
people are asking, well, do you care who's the quarterback next year? Blah, blah, blah. Must it be Kirk? And Justin Jefferson is like, I'll play for anybody, you know, get the ball from anybody. Doesn't matter. Which is its own story. But the big deal was when they asked about a contract extension, Florio asked some very pointed questions and the responses came back weren't exactly uh, to the point, but they indicated that Minnesota and Justin Jefferson agreed on numbers last year. We knew that was the case going right before the season started. What they couldn't agree on was guarantees. Well, it turns out from Florio's articles, the guarantees that Justin Jefferson's looking for is a full, a fully guaranteed contract. And we're talking somewhere in the range of five years, $185 million. That's a lot of money. Now, is he going to become the highest non-quarterback paid player in the league this year? Most likely, yes, he will on average per year. It, we expect it to be at least $35 million, if not a little bit more. But will he get it all guaranteed? Well, that's a big ask. The NFL does not, I repeat, not want to do guaranteed contracts. There's only been two, Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Watson. And I think both teams may have regretted them at certain points in time of their contracts. Kirk Cousins, obviously Kirk Cousins has made the most out of his. We'll see if Deshaun Watson does, but it is interesting. And the reason why it's interesting is the NFL has rules that once a player signs a contract, And if there's guaranteed money in it, that guaranteed money needs to be put in the bank in an escrow account right as he signs the contract within 24 hours to make it valid. So it's there. If anything happens, he's got his money. It's sitting in an escrow account. He may not get the whole, he's not going to get the whole thing, you know, right up front. The player, he'll get a signing bonus portion of it, but he won't get the whole thing. And it sits there in the bank. Well, Not all teams can liquidate that much money to put into it. And and think about it. If it's $185 for Justin, that's $185 million. And then any other signing you have that year, be it free agency or your draft picks, any guaranteed money on top of that has to be liquidated to go in a bank account as well. So if a team has to generate over $200 million a year, $250 million a year just to put in a bank account, not all teams are able to do that. Some are cash-strapped, and it makes it hard. Yes, there's billionaires paying millionaires, and we all weep for them, but we do want parity and we do want competition. And Pay, you gave me an example before the show how you guys got Khalil Mack just because that particular team in the Raiders was cash-strapped and they couldn't afford to give him the guarantees. So they had to let him go. And voila, he becomes a terror in Chicago. All pro. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, he was miserable for us. Mm-hmm. But that is the biggest 
talking point right now in Vikings land. That and what are we going to do with Kirk Cousins before March 13th when the new league year kicks off? Are they going to extend him before that? Or is he done in purple? Yeah, as you said, this is uh, this is that rumor season. You know, as soon as the Super Bowl over, all the rumors start. It's uh, <clears throat> believe one thing, don't believe it the next day. I, I, I get you. I get you. You got to you got to make the uh, got to still get the clicks. You got anything interesting going over there in Detroit? June B. Foster, what's 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 the word over there, man? So yeah, as you said, it's kind of a a dead season right now, but we, we did make a couple signings that were interesting to me. Um, we, we got a guy named Matthew Betts, who's a, um, I think he played linebacker, but was a, basically an edge rusher, and um, he had 18 sacks last year. But this guy is uh, the Canadian Football League, so he, he's a guy that, oh. you know, I don't, I don't know to what extent that, <laughs> that translates, but I appreciate the effort to try to bolster the edge rushing game, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know as far as, as how that translates, but I appreciate the effort and the fact the 18 sacks, that's a whole, that's a whole lot of sacks. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. And then we also uh, signed a guy named Traquan Smith, who didn't play much last year, but um, he was drafted by the Saints a couple years ago. He's got 18 career touchdowns, and um, his the best his best year he had 34 receptions. So you know, speed, speed guy, good hands. You know, it, it's another position that is not of high need. Well, edge rusher is of high need, but the receiver, you know, not so much. But you know, worth worth a look uh, going into the off season and training camp. Um, but aside from that, uh, Julian Aquara, one of the Aquara brothers, um, actually got signed by the Eagles. So now we only have one Aquara brother at this current moment. You know, edge rusher that hasn't really produced much, but you know, he, he has uh, you know found another another home. But as far as um, just guys that have been in the news that you know maybe looking for new spots, Hassan Riddick of the of the Philadelphia Eagles, who has been given permission to to um, seek a trade, um, he's a guy that's a little older, but good production last year. It's seventy five. The like game record. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and that's you know we need that. Um, and then there's no necessarily any any smoke there as of yet, but somebody that we may be looking at though, as far as trades are concerned. Um, yeah, ninety one PFF and and um, third no. 91 is the other guy, 75 PFF and 13 sacks, but also Khalil Mack. Obviously, um, we, we kind of talked about Khalil Mack a little bit, but um, San Diego's got some cap issues. They had a whole bunch of money tied up. And, um, yeah, they, they may be looking to, to you know, dump him his last for his last year that he's under contract. And um, he had a boatload of sacks, 17 sacks. That's Insane, hey, so. hey, please, please say say whatever's on your mind right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 because there was so much, there was so much in that right there. Like, y- y'all want them back? Like, is that what? Yeah, you're yeah. Doing? please, please, <laughs> please. Well, I mean, well, for one, I, you know, uh, the first thing I did that, you know, that came to mind was like, okay, so we got real sacks, and then we got the uh, the, the fantasy sacks coming from from the other guy. All right, so. <laughs> 
you, you, you do want you want the proven sacks from from Matt. Okay, I get that. I, no, no doubt about it. I would prefer that you you know stay from digging in our garbage can and leave him out of the out of the division. Um, that's that's pretty much all I had on that. Um, you know, he's still a very productive player, even at this stage. You said, uh, nah, he had, he had 17 sacks last year, right? Correct? Yeah, he had a lot of sacks, yeah. 17 sounds about right. I don't know off the top of my head, but that sounds about right. They It was a it was a topic of discussion in, in some bear circles. Like, man, we could have just kept Justin if, because uh, we ain't getting, we ain't getting the production from, A, the players we traded for, not Justin, but Khalil Mack. We could have just kept Khalil Mack because, A, we ain't getting the uh, production from the players we traded for him, and B, he's still dominant. So that was that was a topic. That was a talking point for a good little piece of the, uh, the season. Um, June. Yes, sir. Opposite of the pie in the sky from your co-host. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of uh subtractions can we expect from Detroit? Well, at least are you hoping for, you know, to, to make room for some of these um, massive additions? I wouldn't say hope, but I think one person to pay attention to is what they're going to do with Josh Reynolds, uh, starting wide receiver, uh, most notably ended on a bad note. But at the same time, I think ideally they wanted a more explosive uh, receiver at that point, even before the mistakes or even before the season, like, you know, that's just an ideal position where you feel like if you have uh, another explosive receiver out there to go with uh, St. Brown and uh, J-Mo, that you could be more dynamic in what you're doing. Because the off- the offense is really, really good. Now, we're not just going to be, be, be honest and upfront about it. The offense has been, has shown uh, flashes of greatness and has been pretty solid. So, I think the biggest thing to watch is what they do with Josh Reynolds, their decision on him. And I think there's a offensive lineman because they have a couple of them that they have to retain, uh, be on the lookout for what happens there. Um, the, uh, Brad Holmes is, has stressed and said openly, uh, the money, uh, the free agent money, he's going to work on the internal spending first. And that was a priority than getting anybody out on the free agent market. So obviously he wants to keep a lot of people intact. So that's true. Um, yeah, I agree. Your 11th personnel for the last season and a half has been one of the best in the off in the in the entire league. Um do you think like a wide receiver should be like at the top of the list for uh Detroit this offseason? No, no, I never said that. I just, you know, I just know Josh Reynolds is a person who's, um, I think it's either, his contract is up. So either they're going to either let him go or reinvest in him and, and bring him back for more years. I just think he's not going to be retained. The biggest needs are uh, defensive end and corner. Um, and for me, uh, I would... I think the big the bigger need is corner, but at the same time, if you don't address that defensive end, doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, if you if I don't care what corners you got, if you can't get home or if you can't if you can't guard anybody six, seven seconds in this league, it's just that's you gotta <laughs> you gotta get to the quarterback. So it doesn't matter what you got at corner. So 
Speaking of defensive ends, there is rumor that hits Vikings land, i.e. reporting. Now, it is smoke season. I've heard that, though. I know where you're going. Uh, that uh, because Daniil Hunter's contract is up, he's, he, it voids March 13th, he becomes a free agent. Mm-hmm. The Vikings have an opportunity to extend him if they wish. They're debating that. Uh, a lot of a lot of fans would like to bring him back. He's obviously still very productive. Mm-hmm. He's 29. He'll start the season at 29. He'll turn 30, but uh, he starts the season at 29. We'd like to bring him back, but we may not because he's going to cost at least $20 million, probably hmm. closer between 20 and $25 million a year Jeez. on his next contract because he is good. The rumors we've seen or the reporting is that one, Detroit is very interested in him. Two, even Green Bay, the man in the middle is interested in him, even though they have to, uh, they've got cap issues they're dealing with and they're going to have a sale on some people. And three, that Chicago, the Bears, are very interested in signing Daniil Hunter as well. Mm. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Whether he ends up back with us in purple and stays a Viking for life, or if he goes to a division foe. I'd hate to root against him because I know how good he is. Mm. Yeah, so I guess perfect segue to the Bears um, segment. So... If we signed the Lil Hunter, great player, I would consider that as a plan D. Like we struck out in that area again um, for whatever reason. I I have him fourth, maybe fifth best uh, edge or defensive end out there available. So I again, I, w- I would like, I would, I would welcome him. You know, he's better better than Yannick Ngakwe, better than. What else we was throwing out there opposite uh, Montez Sweat when we got him? But Daniel Hunter is definitely Plan D because, um, as you said, he's been around for a little while. I would prefer to get someone younger, someone uh, still in their prime, and someone who can grow with the squad. So we are a young team. But outside of that, it is Christmas has come early for the Chicago Bears, uh, well, at least for this Bears fan. Today, we announced that we have made, we have changed the the door codes. We've asked a couple of players to clean out their lockers, turn in their playbooks, and uh, <laughs> go figure it out somewhere else. Hit the bricks, if you will. Um, longtime safety for the Chicago Bears, Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair were released about maybe two hours ago. And mm. I am ecstatic. I am ecstatic. Co- uh, Cody Whitehair was. I'm not going to mince any words. I'm not going to blow any smoke up anybody's butt. <laughs> <Bad>. <laughs> he was he was benched a few times in the season. Uh, I think he was. I think he got set maybe on three different occasions. Not not very good. He was one of the, one of the three our three problem areas on the line, but we still made it work in some way. Some way. Uh, Eddie Jackson. Couple of Pro Bowl seasons with the Chicago Bears. His last was last, not this past season, but the season before last. Um, his first season with Matt Eberflus. Everyone thought that he was going to have a career resurgence on the Eberflus. Not 
to happen. The mm-hmm. same things crept up on him. He's inconsistent health, which isn't necessarily his fault, but his inconsistency to make a tackle. Um, at the safety, you cannot play safety and, and you can't can't wrap somebody up. He he thinks it's Madden. He wants to hit stick everybody, and his hit stick is five yards off every time. I one of the things that annoys me the most about watching foot when I'm watching football is missed tackles. Missed reads is one thing, is another thing, but missed tackles can't do it. Wrap up, please. They you've been doing this since you were eight. Please do that. Um, so I've got I've got that off my chest. I was waiting on that. So cutting those two players has saved the Bears close to $22 million. Mm. So now we're looking at close to $70 million in a cap. Damn. We to be spenders. We do not need to play any um, poor man games like we did last offseason. We had all that cap room last year, barely spent any of it. Uh, we need to address the defensive ends. I know all of our co- all my competitors in the division, they want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We need to, need to rush the passer. Uh, we need to beat you to it. <laughs> we need to beat you to the passer and beat you to getting that guy. We, <laughs> Brian Burns, he might be out there. Josh Allen, he might be out there. Um, even Chris Jones, he might be. I, mean, I I expect Chris Jones to be available. I expect it. I don't I don't expect him to go back and say, you know what, let's three-peat. Nah, I need to get my money. And come to Chicago and get it, please. Uh, I would drive you personally to the ch- nearest chase. Uh, positive check. but you need to be in Chicago when you do it. Dave, what's up, man? I was about to say there you got a, some uh, plenty of draft picks and a couple of the top ten, and there are a couple at least two that I can think of off the top of my head of edge rushers in this draft class that I would love to have. Mm-hmm. One in uh, Verse, and the other one in Chop Robinson. What about Latu Latu? Uh, no love for him? Yeah, and Latu Latu. There's three. Thank you, Foster. There, there's a lot of them. I didn't think they were. I think that was one um, edge or end that was projected to be a top 10 guy. I don't, I don't think if it was, it's probably verse. But um, mm-hmm. Latu Latu would be close, and Chop is usually right around bottom of the first, top of the second. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Bears, but not drive. The Bears cannot trade down again. I'm going to put it out there. Whatever whatever that means, however you read it, the, it is unthinkable to have the number one pick or a top ten pick in consecutive years and trade down twice. I don't don't do it. Don't don't be don't become a a Jeopardy question. Don't do number it. one pick. The Bears are on the clock. The Bears trade down. Well, I guess they're keeping their quarterback. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. See, where the Bears, where the Bears need to feel, the Bears need to feel some um, problem areas. They need to address some problem areas, and this draft isn't the best place to do that. At least with not where they have the uh, the capital, not the top top of the first. Like you said, maybe in the second they can play some games and get get that guy. That would be cool. I'm not. I'm not. I wouldn't be averse to that, but. Number nine, number one, and number nine, stay put and get the best player on the board, please. Quarterback and wide receiver? Uh, no wide receivers, thank you. Uh, 
<laughs> I've had my fill with wide receivers. I mean, let me change what I said. Get the best player on the draft board that isn't a wide receiver. <laughs> no, Brian Poles, Bears general manager, cannot draft, cannot draft any more wide receivers. He cannot trade for any more wide receivers. Don't do it. I, he has a, a strange affinity for that position and he doesn't really scout it very well in my opinion so let's just let's just not let's not do it <laughs> remember Mohsin Mohamed yeah I don't remember Mohsin he, he didn't start it he didn't he was drafted by the Panthers right mm-hmm. or no did he mm-hmm. I just no, want to slander right. a Michigan guy I, I, want, I want to say he went to Michigan wow so. Wow. Lost year. But, hey, the two guys you cut today, they were on contract for 2024, correct? Yes. Okay. First, you hear it first, people. The first cuts in the NFC North come from Chicago Bears. Yeah, well, I mean, we were the worst team in the NFC. Well, almost the worst team in the NFC North. <laughs> so they needed. They had a lot of, they had a lot of um, things they needed to fix. So let's start early. With that being said, gentlemen, how are you all doing? Yes, you did. Yes, you did, Foster. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Ask you, BJ known BJ. Who there was somebody y'all drafted as a running back that was that went to Michigan. Adrian uh, Anthony Thomas. Anthony Thomas. That's who it was. I could have told you that. Yeah, we talked about it too. Yeah, Yeah, we talked about that. Okay. Okay, that's what it was. BJ um, asked you went to Tampa. Asked you went to uh, or the Jets. Jets. He, he went, went to, to the Jets, Jets first, and then he wound up at Tampa. So yeah, 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 messed up. Muhammad's actually from Lansing, in, in fact, so he, he's literally from Michigan State. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, where can we get the Detroit Lions news as it breaks? Ah. Uh, you can catch us at Bleachers and Speakers on YouTube. You can also catch us at Motor City Metrics YouTube. Any of the podcast uh, streaming platforms, uh, just type in Bleachers and Speakers FFSN, and you'll be able to. Well, whatever uh, platform you choose, just type that in. You you hear the latest. Well, we're uh, dropping more news and more. There'll be more drops. Of course, we have been dropping like. Uh, two or three times a week, you probably we'll probably have something new up just about every other day at least, if not more. So awesome. You can find Vikings. Vikings yeah, you can find Viking stuff over at Vikings First and Skull on YouTube, your favorite podcast aggregator, and if you do Vikings First Skull in Dot com, you'll find us over on FFSN on the writing side as well. We just got finished last night. Tyler Fornes uh, had his The Real Fornos show. We went over his top 10 QB prospects for this year's draft. Since Minnesota is in the draft market for a quarterback, most likely the quarterback of the future, whether we re-sign Kirk Cousins or not, it looks like the Minnesota Vikings will be selecting a quarterback. 
So we went over the top 10, and you can drool over those top four choices, including J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, mm-hmm. who's moving up. <laughs> you can find it all there. We're putting stuff out almost daily, I think at least six times a week. You can find us at all three spots, and you can find podcast-only stuff on the podcast side. You can find YouTube-only stuff, our Skull Search series, where we break down an individual player for the draft is YouTube-only, and you can find the written side where we have written pieces that are written-only. So make sure you check them all out at Vikings First and Skull. And as all of us here, we're partnered with Fans First Sports Network. by fans, for fans. And we love our sports. All of them. Except for maybe Green Bay's. But... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Eloquently said, per usual there, Dave. Yeah, so if you're watching this, it's too late. You already know where you can get this on the audio side because you've been seeing the scroll as it's at the bottom. You can subscribe to us, Apple Pod, Spotify, Google Pod, Pandora, Amazon Music, and wherever you get your audio fix. The Bear Claw DBC is wherever you can find us. We're everywhere. For video, we are located on Instagram, YouTube. Check us out on YouTube at the Frustrated Chicago. Uh, we're on Facebook. X or Twitter, as the older people call it, and Threads. You can check us out there as well. We got all your breaking news. If the Bears do something great, we'll be there. We'll have a live show for you to talk about it. If they do something ridiculous, which they probably will, we'll be there. We'll be there maybe a day later after we process the the grief. So, But don't go anywhere else to get your news or your tidbits. We got it for you. Check us out at all those locations that I just mentioned, and we'll be we'll be giving you something at least two, three times a week during the offseason, leading up to the draft and the biggest question of the offseason. What do the Bears do at number one? If you all have anything else, let's do what oh, we I do. Just wanna, I just want to say congratulations to Brad Holmes for winning his Echo of the Year. And, uh, you know, I'm and Ross St. Brown are all pro receivers about to get paid, um, looking like 25 mil a year, possibly. I don't know how official that is. And we lose Foster. I was just saying, Ross St. Brown deserves 31 a year. Yeah, and I I suspect he's going to get paid close to that. Yeah. There's a football guy that's cutting him off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Underbidding him. Because he called call Musa Muhammad a, a Wolverine. That's why. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but as a Vikings fan, we always say, Skull Vikings! <laughs> Toilet restore the Restore the roar, June. All right. <laughs> and you all know. Bear down. Thank you for listening to this NFC North group effort on the Fans First Sports Network. This has been a The Bear Claw Podcast. 
Bleachers to Speakers, Vikings First and Skull, and of course, the Fans First Sports Network production. Thank you for listening.